Welcome to Where'd They Go, a podcast that is intended to aid in the grieving process after the loss of a child. Hi, I'm your host, Cheryl Laxanen, and in 2014, after the loss of my son Christopher at the age of 22, I started to receive strange, supernatural communications immediately upon his transition. I say transition because that is what I believe it is. It's just a step into a new type of existence without our earthly body. I thought I was going crazy, even contemplating that I had schizophrenia. So I immersed myself into books and self-help groups to explore what happens after death. By receiving communication from spirit and conducting my own research and exploration, I now wanna help others through their grief, through your grief. Welcome to the club that I wish you didn't have to be a part of. Mark Pittstick is my guest today. I'm so excited to talk to him. He has 50 years experience in training in hospitals, pastoral counseling settings, mental health centers, and a private practice. His training includes a pre-medical degree, graduate theology, pastoral counseling studies, master's in clinical psychology, a doctorate in chiropractic health care, and extensive post-grad training in clinical nutrition. He has also provided suicide prevention counseling and education to many people. His CV is quite extensive. Mark became aware of Clairaudian experiences at age 10 and has since been blessed with numerous miracles, relevatory and spiritually transformative experiences. After working in hospitals with many suffering and dying adults and children, he was motivated to find evidence-based answers to questions that many people ask. Who am I? Why am I here? What happens after I die? Will I see my departed loved ones again? Is there a God? If so, why is there so much suffering? And how can I best live during this brief earthly experience? His books, documentary, film, audio products, and experimental webinars, workshops, all address these questions. They can help you survive and even thrive through life's biggest changes and challenges. Further, his work helps you discover how to enjoy the greatest life you have envisioned, no matter what your past was or your current circumstances are. Dr. Pitstick also wrote Soul Proof, a book which I love, Radiant Wellness, The 11 Questions, Ask the Soul Doctor, and The Afterlife Evidence. He directs the Soul Phone Foundation that supports post-material communication technology research of Dr. Schwartz and his team at the University of Arizona, which I can't wait to talk to Mark about this. He also assists research on the Soul Phone Project and founded Greater Reality Living Groups that meet online and around the world. So let's get started. Hello, Mark. Thank you for being on Where'd They Go? So first of all, I did a little introduction of you and your successes in life. But first answer the big question for me. Who are we? And why are we here? (laughs) Well, you said you wanted to do 30 minutes today. Those <laughs> topics really could spend 30 hours on. But in a nutshell, who are we? We each are eternal beings. 
We're beings of energy, consciousness. If you want to use more religious terms, spirit, soul. I just left a meeting with several engineers and Dr. Gary Schwartz on the Soul Phone Project. And so the nice thing is that science, or at least some scientists, agree now with what religious teachers were trying to teach. You know, our real selves are much more than this body. Who we are can't die uh, and just explores different uh, aspects of life. So why are we here? An acronym helps, and the acronym is L-STAGE, and the L stands for to love, S to serve others, <clears throat> to help others, A to have adventures, and we'll, we'll cover that later, but really this is this earthly experience is a wonderful adventure when you know who you are and when you understand the big picture of things. The G in the acronym LSAID stands for grow, also learn, evolve, and E for enjoyment. You know, all the, the wonder and beauty and entertainment and pleasure and so on that a earthly experience confers. Well, I, I believe that we are souls living in a human body for a human experience here on earth. And it's like a classroom for souls. And we grow and we learn from this experience in this three-dimensional world that we're in right now. But what is greater reality living? What does that mean? Well, first of all, the term greater reality was the term that Dr. Schwartz and I used to describe how life is set up, the totality of life. Uh, I used earlier the big picture of life. So here's a, an analogy. And um, there are a couple of ways to look at this. Is, and this is based on the understanding of quantum physicists, as reported, for example, in the book, The Field by Lynn McTaggart. And they say that if all the light and energy that exists in our world and you understand that's the most fundamental description of reality, light and energy. If all that exists in our world were the size of Mount Everest, the portion the average human could, can't perceive, would be the size of a golf ball. So the average human is walking around looking through a tiny pinhole at this vast panorama, but seeing just that pinhole and, they're, and so they suffer needlessly. And you're like, is there really a God? And if so, why does God allow this? And, oh, you know, this is so tough and so on, when in fact, most people don't even understand the nature of reality. So great, that's greater reality. And then greater reality living invites people to consider, because it's not a preset, you know, everyone's different. But if you really knew what we've covered already, who you are, the vastness of life and that you're part of source, all the, what we call the great news that you couldn't lose your loved ones. If you tried, you'll see them again and you can sense them now. All the wonderful news about how life is set up. If you really knew all that and knew, I'm not just talking about a superficial intellectual knowing, but a deep knowing to your core, how then would you live? And that's greater reality living. And we have an idea what that's like from so many near-death experiencers who radically changed their life after being clinically dead. 
And then also some from some of the most amazing people who are bereaved parents who then become shining light parents and they're living with super high, yeah, super high levels of joy and peace and gratitude, which sounds, you know, ironic. Um, how can they do that after a child passes? But it's that's considered a spiritually transformative experience or STE, whatever wakes you up and realize how life really is and that we're one with the one. So in all your research, doctor, what do you perceive heaven to be? What do you perceive hell to be? Or is there a hell? Yeah, great question. I went to theology school many years ago for that very reason. I, I was brought up Lutheran, but even so, uh, you know, there was talk of lakes of fire and for the unrepentant and the, the story of uh, Lazarus and, you know, the rich man asking for a drop of water. It's like, well, how how does this fit with a loving God whose love exceeds any earthly parent. And what I found is that the original teachings about heaven and hell going back several thousand years ago, and we learned a lot of this from the Aramaic language, uh, is that those never meant physical places, one way up in the sky and one down in the middle of the earth. Those images only appeared during the Dark Ages, the Middle Ages, around 1400 AD, when coincidentally, the huge churches, especially in Europe, needed lots of funds to build their huge cathedrals. What heaven and hell were considered originally were how you feel when you pass on and you have a life review and you get to see your life. The Hebrew word for it was mawet, where you go through a passageway and you sort through what you said and thought and did to others. And so if it was more good than bad, you feel more heavenly. If it's more bad than good, hellish. Now, fast forward several thousand years, and that's exactly what tens of thousands of documented near-death experiences tell us. One of the most pivotal parts of their ND experience is the life review, where you not only see, but you feel what you did to others. So that can be then your heaven like, wow, yeah, I rocked it, or could feel like millennia of hell for, you know, someone who's a mass murder or whatever, as they see and feel what they did to others and their loved ones. So we create our own reality. Exactly. After we pass and we call it our own hellish or our own heaven. Based exactly. upon our thoughts and our feelings, what we experienced here on earth, right? You got you got it in a nutshell. And and I believe that great religious teachers like Jesus and Buddha and others were trying to teach that. But, you know, keep in mind that back then the average person couldn't even read or write. And and so that's why parables uh, and stories were used. But the trouble is that some people, especially fundamentalists, uh, take them literally instead of figuratively. And then that creates this giant mess and misunderstanding. And then a lot of people want nothing to do with a God like that, or to think about an afterlife. I've come into this uh, with, with bereaved parents. You know, it's like they reject an idea of a God. And, and maybe if they go to church, their minister will say these crazy things like, well, God wanted your little one with him. And we're like, what? You know, my brain's going to break. Uh, so anyway, we're, we uh, start where we are and, 
you know, with shows like yours, what you just said, we create our own reality. That's right. So after the death of a child, a mother and father feel useless. Um, you know, the grief process is, is enormous. And you all, some of us don't want to continue to live. And it takes a long time and a long process to get through that grief. And we often ask ourselves, and help me if you can, identify what is everybody's purpose? How can we each find our own individual purpose here on earth during this life? Yeah, big, great question. First of all, I would say that it can take a long time to recover and go through the grief process, but it doesn't have to. Uh, in the year 2000, I had a radio show called Solutions and interviewed the top names at that time in consciousness, including people like Wayne Dyer and Raymond Moody and others. And so I asked them all the same questions. One was, and by the way, these radio shows can be heard for free at my website, soulproof.com slash radio shows. And so one of the questions I asked was, what do you say to parents <clears throat> with a child who passed and I'm getting, I'm feeling emotions that just tells me I'm right on spot with, you know, what I'm supposed to be teaching and talking about. So what do you tell parents? And, and Wayne Dyer said, I tell them that no one really died. And at the time I was like, well, that's a little harsh, you know, cause obviously the body died, but really when you understand life, how things are set up, the game we're playing, no one really did die. Another example, or a, a real-life example, is the co-founder of Helping Parents Heal and their website for your viewers, helpingparentsheal.org. Which saved my life, personally, yeah. right? Elizabeth Boy's son, her 23-year-old son died, um, pulmonary embolism, hiking uh, in the Himalayas, and within a week after his passing, she was saying, how can I help other parents mm -hmm. going through this? So it, it really depends on what the grief process is like. It really depends on how quickly we can remember who we are, who walks beside us, that your child was only your child <clears throat> in this time, space scenario. In another slice of life, they might have been another relative and you two will see each other again. In fact, part of your energy to be together right now in another in multi-location. But to address your, your question, how can we uh, identify our missions then? And that's one of the biggest ways to heal and transform. Uh, my article number 21 at soulproof.com discusses that very thing. Identify and fulfill your purposes. And then there's a simple audio for that. It only costs $15 where I hypnotize you, deep relaxation guided imagery. And you can then turn down your brain, which remember the brain perceives much less than 1% of reality and get in touch with your inner knowing and that of your team as well, angels, guides, etc., and get more clear. Why am I here? You know, how can I make the best of this? How can I find the silver linings, the blessings to this cloud? You're doing something 
quite futuristic called the Soul Phone. Um, how did that start? Who came up with the idea? Where are you with it? Tell me all about your experiences. We are dying to know. Well, Here literally we again. dying to know. <laughs> yeah, well, this is, again, this is a couple weak answer. Um, so it started by Dr. Gary Schwartz, PhD, former Harvard and Yale professor, now senior professor at the University of Arizona. He um, started looking at survival of consciousness. That's the term that academics and scientists use survival of consciousness in the late 1990s. And he reasoned that one of the best ways to research it would be to work with mediums. He knew that some mediums were fake, but some indeed seemed to have verifiable abilities. So this, his research, which include double and triple blind and replicated studies, et cetera, is all described in this book, The Afterlife Experiments. Well, after doing that research for several years, it was quite clear, for example, people like John Edward and George Anderson, a couple of the people he worked with had highly evidential abilities, 86% rate, success rate, despite never seeing the client, being in a different room, not even hearing their voice, whereas the control group uh, got 26%, just about what you expect from guessing. So he knew there, there was a very good chance. I mean, for the mediums to relay information mean, is a strong indication that these, quote, departed ones are alive and well and able to communicate. Well, he befriended then some of these pop mediums and about 10 of them and developed relationships with them. Well, then over time, because he was working on energy healing at the time as well, and was a, a pioneer in that, uh, verifying Reiki and healing touch and so on. But these mediums would say, Carrie, uh, Dr. Schwartz, we keep hearing from Albert Einstein, from David Bohm, from these different, quote, deceased scientists and inventors, and they say you're supposed to create some kind of technology to allow quick, and uh, high quality and quantity of communication with what we now call post-material persons, those who have dropped their body, as it's called in India, but everything else about them is alive and well. So this is the early 2000s now, and he worked on that. He's been working on it for about 20 years. Well, he and I met about 10 years ago, seven years ago, he invited me to be the spokesperson uh, because I have a way to, you know, I'm a Midwestern guy. I'm not Harvard and Yale. I'm Ohio State and, and so on. Uh, but I have a way of communicating with the average person these very hard to understand concepts. Uh, so, where, and there are several articles on my website, soulproof.com, about the Soul Phone Project. But the best way, uh, for your audience to learn about it is to visit soulphone.com and it, it lays out all sorts of interesting information about it. Where we're at right now is developing a soul switch. And we have right now about a three minute switch, which means it takes about three minutes of interaction with the post material person for them to relay a highly accurate yes or no answer. 
So a switch is a binary indicator, yes or no. And what we need is a near real-time switch, 10 seconds or less, to move ahead to the first commercializable, usable uh, device, which is the sole keyboard. It may have 20 or so switches on it, which are like keys on your laptop, which will then allow those material persons, our loved ones, but also these luminaries who stand ready to help us heal ourselves and our world to share then a high quality and quantity of information. And that's when we should be off to the races, moving ahead to then soul audio, being able to talk with soul video, very much like we're doing now, 3D and holographic in nature. So when you would hear their voice, our departed loved ones on the soul phone, does it come through as an electronic voice or their actual voice that was here on earth? How does that all work, doctor? We have no idea because we, we don't even have the switch yet. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's what we're working on. The nice thing is we have a stellar team of software specialists, electrical engineers. We've had some really nice funders. Of course, we could always use more. So right now we're moving at, kind of a snail's pace, maybe a, a turtle pace, uh, but additional funds that will allow us to do a Manhattan Project type approach and really add a lot of stuff to go at this. But all these questions, and it's a great one, uh, what will they look like? Because, you know, well, first of all, will, they, will their voice sound like it was on Earth? We don't know. We do know this from near-death experiences and also from mediums, uh, also life between live sessions, the work of Dr. Michael Newton that, quote, departed loved ones will appear. Uh, so let, let's say I passed on tonight and I would see my grandma. I was really close with my grandmas. Well, they don't look like they look like when I was 20, but they may appear that way to me so I can recognize. And then once I get their energy, it's like, oh, okay, that color and that light or this new body. I mean, they can you know, take on different forms with their energy, manifest in different ways. Once I get who that is, and then they can drop the grandma disguise. And really that's what we are on earth. You know, we're just wearing these disguises, having this wonderful play uh, to, to learn all the things we mentioned, to learn and grow and so on, and also to have adventures. And that's, that's so important for parents to remember because there's a very good chance that parents signed up for this, volunteer. They're not hopeless victims. God was not asleep at the wheel. It's a very good chance that parents said, okay, I want to really shine my light this time on earth. And in the past, I've tended to stay asleep, get stuck in spiritual amnesia. So I might need something like a child passing to wake me up, shake me up. Because, you know, it's the, it's the greatest trauma that has the greatest potential to wake us up and get with it. And then, yeah, that's when the real adventure starts. The other thing about this is eternity is forever, you know, no beginning, no end. So... What are you going to do forever? You know, sing Hosanna for uh, 50 zillion years. Right. So you, you have adventures just like we like to read different books and watch different movies. 
that's that's about all the longer they last because our real selves know no one really dies. We're all interconnected, all that. We're all energy, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'll share a story with you, Mark. When my son passed in 2014, I was on the phone and the paramedics got on and uh, they asked me who I was and was I his mother? And I said, yes. And my phone rang, my cell phone rang. And I said, hello. Now, who does that once they hear their child is in distress, right? I said, hello. And an electronic man's voice came on and said, goodbye. And I'm like, that's weird. And then I came back on with the paramedics and they said, we just pronounced him dad. And when that whole conversation was over with, I looked at my cell phone and that call that came in was zero 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 right? Nothing. No history. Yeah. So a few months later, my mother passed. Same situation. Not the exact day. Not that exact timing. But maybe a couple of weeks later, electronic voice. Goodbye. And a woman's voice. Again, mm. looked at the mm. phone. Zero, 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 zero. It has never happened before. Or happened since then. So, you know. That's a lot of love. What what we know is that it's not easy to pull off a feat like that. Uh, Being beings of energy can manipulate electronic devices, but even so it takes some focus. So uh, that's a lot of love. That's a lot of caring. And that's one thing I love about helping parents heal organization because they f- sure they provide support. You know, if you want to cry your heart out, we're there <clears throat> to listen and help. But if you want to start looking at the good news, like your child's probably right beside you saying, come on, mom, come on, dad. Don't you remember? Wake up. You know, they're sending you signs like you just mentioned and all the afterlife evidence. We haven't talked about that. I mean, life after death has been scientifically proven now and the articles for that are number 160 and 115 at soulproof.com. So the scientific, clinical, and uh, experiential evidence. So uh, so um, helping parents still focuses on all that, whereas some of the bereaved parent groups, you know, they just focus on the heavy. I, mean, I, I have heard that some groups, like they'll sit in a circle and they'll pass a heavy rock and the person who speaks is holding this heavy rock and then they pass I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know, that's your, your children are in bliss. They're beings of light. They're seeing the big picture. Why, why make a heavy rock thing out of it? Yeah. So for the audience members who are suffering, especially of the loss of a child, helping parents heal is a wonderful organization. Go online, Google it. Um, though you'll be awakened if you just keep reading, keep listening, and Mark's website, soulproof.com, right? Right. And how can people research more about the soul phone? Well, let's go back one moment to um, helping parents heal. They have online meetings, as you know, one almost every night, except in the summer, and then in-person meetings in many cities. I forget how many groups we have now around the world. Uh, the other thing is I started a, um, a service years ago. I've been with them almost 10 years now. 
uh, called Caring Listener. So this is a group of parents who've gone through the dark night of soul and they're doing really well. They're amazing people and they will talk for free and listen. Now they're not trained counselors or psychotherapists, they don't, but they will listen and they will share what worked for them. So if, if people visit helpingparentsheal.org, they'll see at the top the calendar of events also the meetings find one in their area and then also caring listeners so to learn more about the soul you're asking yes yeah just about the soul phone project just visit that website and on both soulproof.com and soulphone.com are free newsletters uh, send out once or twice a month so you can get updates because at this point the the bulk of evidence from years and years now of experiments have led Dr. Schwartz, a serious scientist, to say he is 99.9% sure as a scientist that life continues after bodily death. And the research we're doing now will likely lead him soon to then say 100%. You can't have that many replicated studies showing contact without saying okay this is this is real there really is life after death so we're not ready to officially announce it. that'll be a big affair a press conference in the university of arizona invite in press from around the world <clears throat> maybe late this year the other thing we're uh, working on now is to do public demonstrations to show this technology uh, I don't know if you remember the movie Ghost with uh, Demi Moore and Patrick Swayze. The, yeah, the penny floating uh, in Absolutely. The air. And that moment where she's like, oh, my God, this is real. He really is there. Well, we think that this demonstration will then allow many people to have the sort of transformation, like we mentioned with NDEers or uh, parents. Yeah. Where do pennies come from, by the way? <laughs> Pennies from heaven. How do they just fall out of midair right in front yeah. of you? How does that happen? <laughs> I mean, the energy must be terrific. <clears throat> yeah, we had my uh, mom passed on a couple months ago. And our last conversation, we were talking about nickels because she said when she was a kid, you could buy just about anything for a nickel, including, she said, most local politicians, <laughs> uh, which <laughs> is pretty funny at 93. Um and then shortly after she passed, I'm walking the, the, into a room where the cleaning lady had just been. And there's a 1939 Buffalo Indian head nickel, which are really rare. Yeah. Cleaning lady isn't a coin collector. Nobody had any idea. And so I have a tape to my wall to uh, remind us. Yeah, they're, they're right there. They're cheering us on. Yeah, they're encouraging us to remember. They're fine. They want us to be fine because... As you know, Cheryl, the the more we're on the same wavelength, the more we're going to detect our kids. So they're in a realm characterized by peace, joy, love, gratitude, enthusiasm. Well, that's why it's important for loved ones on Earth to be there as much as possible to so you can detect them, pick them up. Yeah, and be aware. I mean, if you see something, think twice about what you're seeing, right? Because stuff happens and you have no idea what it is. Take notice. They're trying to get in touch with you. 
share it with others, give thanks, and then use that uptick in energy to move more toward that spot, being the shining light, remembering. Well, thank you so much for your insight. Thank you for everything that you do to help people and to spread the word and to be on my podcast and other podcasts and your radio programs and all the books that you wrote and co-authored. I mean, I've read them. They're by my bed and I read a chapter every night and it's just so inspiring what you're doing for others. Well, it's my pleasure. It's indeed a sacred honor and uh, I get more out of it than anybody. You're welcome. Thank you for what you're doing. Keep it up. Thank you. Well, what did you think? Wasn't that inspiring? Oh, it's so uplifting, so joyful. It's going to make my day. All I can do is smile right now. You know, when you have that greater reality living and you know that this is just not the end, this earth, it makes you live life to the fullest and enjoy it. And it also makes you more kind to other people and spread love to other people. And that's what everything's about. It's about love. So I hope you have a great day and we'll see you next time. 